Welcome, and thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm Pam Christian, your host for this weekly podcast, where I help us explore current events from a biblical and prophetic perspective. This podcast will first post on November 22nd, 2023, encompassing a season on the prophetic timeline that God has been forewarning us about for three and a half years. Since early 2020, events worldwide have been steadily escalating, with the most recent atrocities being the October 7th attack of the most heinous type against God's people in Israel. Because of God's gracious prophetic warnings, we should not be fearful or taken off guard. Neither should we allow ourselves to be overwhelmed and immobilized in the face of it all. No, God has been warning us so we can be prepared and remain actively engaged in what He is doing. With today's podcast, I want to bring you three points. First, the need for us to be properly informed and engaged by taking action to oppose the efforts of the World Health Organization. Second, to be informed and engaged in spiritual warfare for events around the world that have been escalated with the Hamas attack on Israel. And third, for us to be informed and engaged accurately hearing God's word for these days, both from the written word, the Bible, and the spoken word through trusted prophets. Today, I'll be bringing you highlights of prophecies from both Dr. Patricia Green and Julie Green. The World Health Organization has peaked in the news again because of their scheduled process and the particular amendments they are considering in what's called the Proposed Negotiation Text for the Pandemic Agreement. We only have until December 1st to take action, and my guest today, James Rogoski, will explain what is presently being considered and inform us of what we must do as individuals to have our own opinion documented and to get our heads of state to actively reject the proposed amendments. As brief background, most of you know the World Health Organization, the United Nations, and those who seek a one-world government have been moving ahead with their agenda, seeking to have all the nations of the world subject to their self-determined rules and regulations, which they want to establish as legally binding. But you may not realize that President Donald Trump actually removed the United States from the World Health Organization But Biden reinstated the United States, needlessly spending millions and millions of dollars and submitting proposed changes to the World Health Organization that would actually give them more power and control. Before I bring on my guest, James Roguski, listen to this three-minute clip from President Trump. World Health Organization has become nothing more than a corrupt globalist scam paid for by the United States but owned and controlled by China. When the China virus reached our shores three years ago, the World Health Organization disgracefully covered the tracks of the Chinese Communist Party every single step of the way. For this reason, it was my great honor to terminate America's relationship with the World Health Organization. The United States was paying the World Health Organization almost $500 million a year. When I dropped out, I took it out of there. And for 330 million people, even though China was paying only $40 million for 1.4 billion people. So we had 330, they have 1.4, and we're paying more than 10 times the amount. That's typical for the United States because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Unfortunately, crooked Joe Biden foolishly re-entered the World Health Organization at the full price and without any negotiations or reforms. And now Biden is pushing to bypass the United States Senate to enter a pandemic treaty that would surrender American sovereignty to the World Health Organization, again, controlled by China. 
The draft treaty would require the United States to send vast quantities of medical supplies to other countries in the event of another pandemic, and it would push aggressive censorship of free speech on issues of public health, just like they censored the truth about the Wuhan lab, which I said that's where it came from, remember. Under the next Trump administration, that treaty will be immediately terminated. I would not allow public health to be used as a pretext to advance the march of global government. That's what they're doing, globalists. The United States will withdraw from the corrupt World Health Organization, which, in light of its utter failure on COVID, they had a tremendous disaster on COVID, deserves to be completely abolished and replaced. Then I will work to forge a new coalition of nations that are strongly committed to protecting health while also upholding sovereignty and freedom. I want to thank you very much, but I also want to say this. I could have renegotiated the deal. I could have gone into the World Health Organization for $25 million. Biden didn't take that deal. He's paying almost $500 million. They were so anxious to get the United States back after I terminated the agreement. They were so anxious to get it back that they offered me a deal, $25 to $30 million. And I said, no, I'll wait. Could have gotten it for less, but I didn't want less at that point. We were paying almost $500 million. Could have done it for 25 to 30. Biden took the 500, almost the $500 million deal. He knew he could have gotten back in for less. So why did he pay so much? But that's just one of many things that are wrong with our country. Thank you very much. I loved hearing President Trump claim that with the next Trump administration, he would see to it that the United States terminates their involvement with the World Health Organization. But let us remember, our nation is a republic that is to be governed for and by the people. That means we have to be informed and take action wherever possible to assure we are governed according to the will of the people. It is the woeful apathy that's gotten our world into the mess it's in today. And as you've heard me repeatedly share, God has been calling his people into partnership with him. Apathy and complacency can no longer be part of our lives. God has been waking his people up to take our rightful place in his plan as the ecclesia he always intended his children to be. The ecclesia is to influence the world and not the other way around, where we partner with God to see his kingdom will done on earth as it is in heaven. With that in mind, I now share my interview with James Roguski, and I'm asking you to take careful note of what you hear and to use the links in the show notes to send your letter to the World Health Organization documenting your rejection of their proposed amendments and to contact your head of state, president, prime minister, whatever he or she is called in your nation, and ask them to send a letter of rejection as well. Here's my interview with James Roguski. James, thank you once again for all the work you do trying to keep the world informed of what's really going on with the World Health Organization. We wanted to talk to you today knowing that there was just a recent meeting, I think it was November 6th, and we want to waste no time in hearing from you what the outcome of that meeting was and what we should do in response. Well, you know, there's a lot of information that is getting put out in a way that gets everyone confused. And so we'll start with what you mentioned. On the week of November 6th to the 10th, the Intergovernmental Negotiating Body, which is working on what they now refer to, is the proposed negotiating text 
for the pandemic agreement. Most people have referred to that as the pandemic treaty, but it's really not a treaty. We can get into that a little bit later. So they were scheduled to have meetings November 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. And as par for the course, they only allowed the first day's meeting to be live streamed and recorded and made public. And so I actually edited down an hour's worth of their six-hour meeting. And to make a long story short, the third world nations who basically are the ones who called for these negotiations are not happy. And they're having great difficulty, I believe, coming to an agreement. And it's not about health. This is the issue that people need to realize. These negotiations were started not because of health, you know, how to treat a respiratory ailment or any other such problem. Going all the way back almost two years now, at the end of November, beginning of December 2021, the relatively poor nations of the world requested, and, and it was adopted, that these negotiations would be held in order to ensure, in the language that they use, is equitable access to pandemic-related products. Long story short, in English, they felt that the wealthy nations were hogging up all of these wonderful jabs that came out of the Warp Speed program, and they weren't getting any contracts, they weren't getting you know, access to this and, and drugs and other things. And what we're dealing with here is a trade dispute. And so what they're arguing about is the wealthy nations want the poor nations to scour the countryside, searching for and finding pathogens. Maybe, you know, you check human beings, you go to the veterinarian's office and you see if there's any canine coronavirus or some kind of cat parasite or your chicken coop or your swine flu might be in your pigsty or your septic system, your sewage treatment plant, your hospital. They want to make it an obligation that the nations who, quite frankly, you know, live in a more rural um, manner than many of the developed nations, they live closer to animals on farms and ranches and so forth. They want them to scour the countryside, go into the bat caves and wherever else it might be, to build laboratories to do genomic sequencing so they can send that data to the central hub in Geneva where it can be given to manufacturing, you know, pharmaceutical companies to turn it into more drugs and more jabs for pathogens that have pandemic potential. Does it mean anybody's actually dying from these things? They just want to build out the system to generate the fear mongering that they've been doing for the last four years. And they're hung up on an argument where the language of the latest version that was published on October 30th, it essentially says that the poor nations must or shall do all this you know, research and getting all this data and giving it to the wealthier nations, and maybe will encourage the companies that manufacture all this stuff to share some of their intellectual property and know-how so you can make your own biological weapons in your own country. Now, that might sound crazy because it is, but that's what they are negotiating. That's just one of three. 
Okay. Now there are two separate packages of amendments to the existing international health regulations. The first thing that I was talking about, most people call the pandemic treaty. They call it the pandemic agreement. Now that's one thing. There are two separate packages of amendments. I'll deal with one of them first because it's the pressing issue at the moment. A small batch of amendments to five articles were adopted on May 27th, 2022, almost 18 months ago, about 17 and a half months ago. The deadline for every head of state in every nation on the planet to just write a letter to the WHO under Article 61 of the IHR, every head of state has the right to just send a letter of rejection. Well, thank you very much for these wonderful amendments, but no thank you. Now, these amendments are not the end of the world. A lot of people are freaking out because they're getting it mixed up with everything else. What's important is to understand that the Biden administration was pushing to shorten the time frame that amendments would be implemented from 24 months down to six months. Well, that got pushed back to 12 months. And what got agreed upon was a change from implementation being 24 months down to 12. And the period of rejection, which we're almost at the end of right now, you know, 17 and a half months into an 18 month period, that would be shortened down to 10. So if this large pile of amendments were to be adopted in May of next year, if these amendments that were adopted last year are not rejected, then there would only be 10 months to consider them and possibly reject them. And they would go into effect in 12 months rather than 24. Wow. So while this is not the end of the world, this is the perfect real life. We're living in the middle of a concrete example where the unelected, unaccounted, unaccountable, unknown delegates who were appointed by the heads of state, not elected, we have no feedback with them. They made a decision to change international law on May 27th, 2022. And we, the people, have not had any say in the matter at all. There hasn't been any public discussion. The media has been completely silent. Not a single person anywhere in the world in government, with the possible exception of Andrew Bridgen in the United Kingdom, none of our Congress people, none of our senators, not a one of them has said, wait a minute, how come the Senate isn't weighing in on these changes? Well, they got like two weeks, not quite. Okay. And, and so the reason for paying attention to this is to understand that the international health regulations were adopted in this same fashion in 1969. If you recall your history, I don't know if you're old enough to have been there. I'm old enough to have been watching TV in July of 1969 when they supposedly landed on the moon. That same period of time, that same week is when they signed or agreed to the international health regulations, but nobody signed on to it. They just had all of these unelected delegates agree to it. No one said no. 
And on the 1st of January, 1971, when Richard Nixon was president, these just sort of slid into legally binding you know, position accepted as international law. They made a whole bunch of changes in 2005 and the Senate never said a word then. Last year with the amendments I was just talking about, the Senate has not said a word. So going forward, if there is this large pile of amendments, over 300 that are currently being negotiated in secret, when they have their meeting from May 27th to June 1st, 2024, if they choose to adopt whatever they may adopt, and again, my prayers are, it's all going to fall apart. But if they do adopt it, the Senate is not going to weigh in on it. Only the heads of state of nations around the world can just write a letter and say, no, thank you. Well, I'm a little bit optimistic because 10 months after the end of May will bring us into approximately April 1st of 2025. Hopefully there will be a new president and a new administration, whoever that may be. I want the people who are aware of this to be very clear to whomever may be in office that we do not want these amendments. We do not want this agreement. We do not want to have anything to do with the WHO. We want out. Right. Right. It gets a little bit crazier because a month and a half ago, when the working group for the regulations had their last meeting, the co-chair, um, Dr. Um, Abdullah Asiri, uh, about 20 minutes into the meeting, came out and said, well, you know, amongst all of us here, we all understand that we're having difficulty reaching agreement and we're not going to meet our deadline. Now, please understand that in the International Health Regulations Article 55, it states very clearly, there is no loophole, there is no wiggle room. It says that states parties, which means nations, but they use that terminology because it also includes the Vatican. So states parties or the director general can submit proposed amendments to the international health regulations, but they are obligated to do so four months in advance of the May assembly, which is scheduled for May 27th. So you rewind four months, you get January 27th. So I am, when we're done recording this, I'm working on an article that I hope to publish later today, which that date, May 27th, is 10 weeks from tomorrow, which is Saturday, November 18th. So I will be publishing an article 10 weeks to flatten the who, like two weeks to start, you know, to flatten the curve. They have clearly stated their lawyer spent five minutes, Stephen Solomon, their legal counsel at this meeting in public on video, clearly let it be known that they know what the rules are. They have to submit these amendments by and to all the nations prior to January 27th, 2024. And they know they're not going to reach agreement. And they then went on to say, well, we're just going to ignore that and keep negotiating. And they just published a paper yesterday saying that um, the sixth meeting, which they had hoped would be the last, is going to be December 7 and 8. But then they scheduled a seventh meeting for February 4th. Um, five through the ninth, and an eighth meeting 
on April 22nd to the 26th of next year, April 2024. So they're going to be meeting next year twice, long past the deadline. They are conspiring. And I yes, I did use that word because it's not a conspiracy theory. I have and they have on their own website evidence that they are conspiring to break the rules. Article 55 in the IHR says their deadline is January 27th, 2024, and they have stated that they're not going to meet their deadline. And the reason for that deadline is so that we get to see what the heck they're doing. Now, they may or may not allow us to see their work in progress, but that's not good enough. The whole point of the Article 55 rule is that there needs to be time for public comment, public consideration. You just can't and you shouldn't be allowed to negotiate right up to the last minute, drop it on the table and have people agree to it without a reasonable four month period of time to properly consider all of these massive changes. If they were honorable people, they would come out and say, well, you know what? We're not gonna make our deadline. We're gonna keep working on it, but we'll have to give it to you next year because we're not achieving the goal that we set for ourselves. If they don't do that in the next 10 weeks, we need to flatten the WHO because they're liars. And this is where it's um, a little bit mind bending, okay? But the way they operate is they, they make a change and if nations around the world do nothing, then the change goes into effect. You're, you're assumed to agree with the change. If you want to stop the change and keep the status quo, then you actually have to take action. And so this is where people get confused. They think it should be the other way around, and I agree. But they made a change, and every, every nation's head of state can just accept that change by doing nothing. And what will happen is the period of time that they get to consider the next round of amendments would be shortened from 18 months down to 10, and then it would be implemented at 12 months instead of 24. So if any um, head of state around the world wants to keep the longer period of time to reject mm -hmm. the next batch of amendments and the you know, two years instead of 12 months to implement all of it. You know, they would have to pass laws and allocate money and, and implement whatever these agreements are. They need to take action to stop the change. If they, if they do nothing before December 1st, then the shortened time periods will go into effect. Now, that's not the end of the world. So people shouldn't be in a panic People should be enraged. How come nobody has said a word about this for 17 and a half months? I've spoken to a number of people around the world who have better connections than I do. You know, they have connections into government officials wherever they live. And the vast majority of the heads of state around the world, their ministers, their advisors, their staff, their people, whatever you want to call them, have failed miserably to explain how this works. Everybody's confused, but we still have two weeks or so to get them unconfused. They have the right to reject. And if they do nothing, 
they're going to miss their opportunity come December 1st. Okay, so that's the important date right upon us is December 1st. How do we, as citizens of the United States or citizens of our respective countries, get our heads of state to send a rejection letter? Um, go to rejecttheamendments.com, rejecttheamendments.com. Don't do a search for it. Your search engine will take you on a wild goose chase somewhere. Just go directly to rejecttheamendments.com. There's some form letters there that you can download, print, sign, and send them off. Put a stamp on an envelope and off they go. But here's the point, and this is universal, okay? If any person in any situation wants their government, public servants, officials, president, premier, prime minister, whatever it is you may call them, if you want them to do something, you have to tell them. If you don't download the letter, sign it, and send it, you haven't done your job. If you tell them what you want them to do, not just on this, but on everything, and they ignore you, well, bad on them, right? If we live in a representative democracy form of government where you say you're supposed to represent my wishes, well, if you don't express your desires directly to them, then you have to look in the mirror and blame yourself. If, on the other hand, you're very clear as to the instructions that you plan to give your employee because they are working for us, they just seem to have forgotten that because we've forgotten to instruct them as to what it is we want them to do. Now, I'm under no illusion. I'm not naive. I have hopes and prayers that a number of leaders around the nation, around the world, may stand up for their nation. And on December 2nd, you know, I hope to check the news and see that at least some leaders have, you know, taken this action. And that's going to make all of the other leaders look really, really stupid. All right. So simply by going to rejecttheamendments.com. People in my audience can take the individual action, and then they will also be armed with information as to how they can inform their heads of state how they want them to respond. Exactly. There's a letter for Congress and the Senate, letter for President Biden, and a letter direct to um, Tedros Ghebreyesus, who's the director general of the WHO. And so, you know, I know this is a lot of information in 15 or 20 minutes. So uh, I always give everyone my phone number. Everyone here is welcome to give me a call when your head turns into, you know, spaghetti that's all stuck together because this is confusing. My number is 310-619-3055. 310-619-3055. If you have any questions, give me a call. All right. James, thanks once again. I'll be checking back with you right around December 2nd to find out what we need to know. And this saga will stay with until we win. And I, I trust and pray that we will. Thank you very much. Okay. James has a wealth of knowledge and gratefully he's aware of the intricate details, which can be confusing. But let me try to review. James said we have three issues before us. Number one, the trade agreement for the poorer nations being asked to research and discover pandemic potentials in exchange for possibly gaining ability to manufacture their own remedies. Number two, the over 300 amendments, but most concerning of which are the shortened timelines for the public and heads of state to respond. And number three, the need for our heads of state to be informed and properly respond by rejecting the proposed amendments that will be ratified if they are not rejected 
by December 10th, 2023. So I urge you to use the link in the show notes to learn more and download the letters he has created for you to use as an individual and also to send to your head of state, pressing them to reject the current proposed amendments by December 10th. In addition to this, based on deadlines, look for James' newly posted detail about having 10 weeks to flatten the WHO. We need to understand, and all of us work together with James, to defeat the World Health Organization monster. Now, I want us to consider the many pressing current events and how imperative it is that we as Christians understand the Bible, history, and how world events are being played out on God's timeline. At this point, I want to share what trusted prophets Dr. Patricia Green and Julie Green have received from God to share with us. Dr. Patricia Green shared prophecy of how God is speaking to the heads of the nations, calling forth repentance of evil leaders in this time that God is calling the Day of Reckoning. In a general sense, God first warns all evil leaders and then went on to specifically name some. Kim Jong-un of North Korea, Xi Jinping of China, Vladimir Putin of Russia, Charles, King of England, Zelensky of Ukraine, Mattarella of Italy, Steinmeier of the Federal Republic of Germany, and Biden, whom God calls illegitimate, are all warned to repent. God also reassured leaders who do repent and turn from opposing him that their nations will prosper, naming Japan, the Netherlands, and the USA among these nations. Dr. Patricia also shared a prophecy she received in 2009 concerning Israel, Netanyahu's election, and the leadership team, and predicted a war in Israel would be fought on their soil, which we know was fulfilled on October 7, 2023. Then, in October of this year, God provided more prophetic insight about Israel and Hamas. God made clear he would remove Hamas from Gaza, and the end would result in Gaza not being inhabitable. He cited Iran and Syria directly involved in the attack against Israel. The plan was to cause this war to be a war among many nations, but God declared he would not allow it. He said, Israel will have a great victory over Hamas, and Israel and Netanyahu will do to Hamas what the USA and Donald Trump did to ISIS. God also said, Those who stand against Israel, I stand against you. Take heed on which side you choose, for there are those who have aligned themselves with the cause of Hamas, and I say, they are a defeated foe. For Israel is the apple of my eye. Those who touch Israel touch me. I will scatter the enemies of Israel. I will bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse Israel, for I am the great I am. Make a point of using the link in the show notes to see these prophecies in their entirety for yourself. Through Julie Green on November 14th, God said in part, My children, my angel armies are working for you, and there are more of my angels than there are of your enemy, and more of you than your enemy. My nation, the nation of Israel, will rise out of the despair the enemy tries to put on them. Hamas and Hezbollah and every other evil company with them, every evil government against my nation of Israel, you will see them fail and fall hard. You will see I am the defender of my nation, and I have not forsaken them. You will see storm upon storm against your enemy of Israel. And my children of the USA, the storm is hitting, and it's fierce and strong and will not only cause destruction to your enemies, but the storm will cause a cleansing to my body. 
I don't need an election to bring back my David, a reference God uses for Donald Trump. God goes on, I don't need an election to save my nations, to remove any of your fraudulent leaders. That is man's ways of doing things, but that is not my way. I am a supernatural God, and I do things in supernatural ways. Oh, my David is coming back with a vengeance, because I am with him. And treason, treason, treason will be exposed on a scale no one ever thought had taken place. And then, from November 15th, God said, I am the resurrection, and I can restore and make alive and make anything new in front of you. You see what they have done? I see it. They tore me away from you, so they thought. They tore me from your education systems, kicked me out of your government, and the judicial systems, and media. They kicked me out in so many ways to try to get you to forget and turn away from me, to not know who I really am. The deception has grown so great. Yes, great deception has grown in this time, but remember, truth prevails and will always destroy deception. Good always prevails. And then on November 16th, God explains, My angels are protecting this nation. My hand is saving this nation, and the rebirth is about to take place of this great nation. But first, there will come a worldwide lockdown your enemies will bring. But remember, my children, I will lock you in to protect, lead, and guide you to receive rest in my glory. Do not fear what is ahead, because it is for your victory and freedom. And then, on November 17th, God said, Oh, the death that is coming, the death that is coming. Death is coming for many in your government. Three-letter agencies, many judges, and people who were against you, my children. Many people who were against this nation. I will reveal to you, I will reveal to you who are the Masons, Illuminati, Skull and Bones, Bilderbergs, the Trilateral Commission, and all the secret societies that have controlled you. They were embedded in this nation, and I will send a day of disruption, a death of their control and chokehold. Indeed, it has begun. I told you this darkness, this judgment, darkness and judgment for the enemies of Almighty God. My children, don't fear this death. Don't fear these things. A vacancy in the White House, a vacancy in your capital, vacancy after vacancy after vacancy. Vacancies have started, and more vacancies will be seen. Get ready for removals, great and mighty removals. Yes, my children, hold on. Brace for the impact of things that are about to take place. Brace for it. Military is on the move. Military movements are growing by the day. Watch the military because soon you will see them. Soon you will see them because its time is now. It's time for advancement now. It's time for advancement now. Yes, pushing back the enemies of Almighty God and taking away what was never theirs. The territory is mine. The territory I have given to you, my children. So rejoice this day in all I say. So, you can see from these excerpts of prophecies, God is warning us about the seriousness of God's intervention, wanting us to know it has already begun. I had to close this podcast with words from the Lord to help us be prepared the best we can be, and for us to be encouraged that God and His angel armies, who always prevail, are at work in our behalf. In the weeks and the months to come, we need to demonstrate our faith by partnering with God in prayer, worship, decreeing and declaring His will, and doing any and all practical things we can. 
For those of us in America, our Thanksgiving holiday is this week, a time to reflect on the goodness of God. And again, I ask all of my listeners in every country around the world to join us in this. And in these weeks leading up to Christmas, let us draw nearer to God than we ever have before and expect the goodness of God to always prevail. Next week, I plan on having Alex Newman on to further help us understand world events from a biblical and prophetic perspective. And as always, my goal with this podcast is to help us gain spiritual victory over life's issues. This concludes my podcast for today, and I really do put my heart and soul into these podcasts, wanting very much for you to know the truth and to find the strength of faith you need in these very dark days. Won't you shoot me an email and let me know how this podcast has impacted you? My email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. If this podcast blesses you, and I certainly hope it does because you are the reason I work as hard as I do, would you consider partnering with me in my vision? You know my whole goal is to help people discover and live in life-giving truth and to experience all the hope truth provides. You can, and I hope you do personally, share truth with others on your own. But have you thought about how many more people you could reach by partnering with me? Help me grow this podcast, get my books into more people's hands, and talk me up to others to get me more speaking engagements and increase this podcast audience. Then together, as partners, we will be making a much greater impact than we can on our own. There are several ways you can choose to partner with me. Certainly, telling others about me and my ministry, along with prayer, is top of the list. There is nothing as powerful as personal endorsements or word-of-mouth referrals. Buying my books and products is another way. All of my books in the Faith to Live By series were written to help people better understand the Christian faith and how to successfully live it out. The first book is Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies. The second, Renew Your Hope, Remedy for Personal Breakthroughs. And the third is Revive Your Life, Rest for Your Anxious Heart. There are two more in the series about the end times. The first one is Prepare for the Harvest, Confidence in God's End Time Promises written for Christians to properly understand God's plans for His people during the end times. And the other is Prepare for the Harvest, God's Challenge to the Church Today. It's written to help church leadership be ready in every way possible for the long-prophesied billion-soul harvest. Visit my website and get any or all of these books with a deep 20% discount by using the word TRUTH at checkout. I also welcome donations, but for now they're not tax-deductible. However, I'm working on that, so listen in the weeks to come and you'll learn more about how you can support me through donations that will be tax-deductible. Supporting the businesses I feature as affiliate partners is yet another way you can partner with me. I seek to find affiliates who can offer you goods and services you need, and I have some very exciting money-saving America First goods and services you will not want to miss out on. Newest to my affiliate list is a company I'm exceedingly excited to introduce you to. If you're like me, you're tired of paying very high prices for cable television, and you've been waiting to find just the right company who shares your values to replace your cable service. Well, I found it. It's called Q Streaming. They provide over 3,000 channels, including live TV with local stations from across the United States, U.S. networks, sports networks, movie networks, and pay-per-view events. You get all that for about half of what most cable companies charge, and there's no contract, just a monthly subscription. Using the link in the show notes, go and look around and sign up to start viewing the programs you like for a fraction of what you're paying now. All while supporting a Christian-owned and operated company that exclusively uses word-of-mouth advertising 
so as not to spend money on commercial advertisement that supports the woke movement. And don't forget, when it comes to your health, I also have affiliate partners Mfinity and Dr. Zelenko's ZStack supplements. You can learn more on the affiliates page and the information in the show notes. Also, there's Operation Tomahawk, which Scott McKay started. It's a subscription program that allows you to get your household and personal care items from a company that is American-owned and operated, because we don't want to support the deep state. And regarding your finances, I want you to know about Dr. Kirk Elliott. He's a personal wealth advisor who offers free consultations to understand your financial goals and help you reach them. When you purchase my books, products, or services, or products and services from any of my affiliates, you get something you want, and at the same time, you support me. It's truly a benefit for all of us. So why not shop for yourself or to get gifts for friends and family? Your support is greatly appreciated. All affiliate partners' information is in the show notes, and I have a dedicated web page where you can learn even more, and you can hear the interviews I've conducted in the vetting process. Of course, you need to do your own due diligence to make your own decisions what to purchase, but to help you, I am researching companies and interviewing their representatives and using their products or services myself to provide you a personal recommendation. There's a link to all the interviews in the show notes. I sincerely hope you appreciate my dedication to you through these podcasts. Let me know how this podcast impacts you and what you're now doing in response to the equipping you've received through me. Again, my email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. If you like the content and resource material I bring with this podcast, you'll find much more by connecting with me through my blog. In fact, my blog has been awarded two unsolicited awards for Christian content. And I'm very active on social media. I can actually cover more on social media than I can with this weekly podcast. And to receive even more, please be sure to check out my dedicated podcast listeners page called Beyond the Podcast. Here's where we can connect exclusively, and you can download complimentary devotionals, resources, and more. And on that page, I also ask you to help me learn more about what you want by completing the form visible once you scroll down the page. And I would especially appreciate you subscribing to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. As a new subscriber, you can choose one of three gifts I offer in appreciation for your subscription. Subscribing will make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people, it helps spread the gospel, and helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.